Hello, welcome to the Our Father podcast. My name is Rudy. If this is your first time listening to the show, this is a great episode to start off with. A couple of months ago, my friend Rich and I started receiving emails from a priest named Father Connolly. The emails contained audio files of confessions that he's conducted. We don't really know why this is happening, but we decided to release each of these recordings out to the public. I hope you enjoy the episode, and God bless. Come in. Uh, please be seated. Um, first of all, I just want to say that uh, I myself am a priest, so mm. if you wanted to get anything off your chest, now would be a good time to do it. Oh, um, we'd have to switch sides. Not, not really. I oh. mean... You know, it's just priest on priest here, so. Right. I mean, just I, whenever I go to confession, I just like to offer that up in case there's anything you want to get off your chest before we before I start. Oh, no, um, I'm, I am I just uh, did confession earlier today, actually, so I uh, haven't done anything since then. Okay. I've just been taking confession since then, but I appreciate the offer. Yeah, no problem. It's just, okay, nothing since then. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. so a professional You're good man. courtesy. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, no, I certainly understand professional courtesies and and what have you. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Yeah. Um, Okay, so I guess I'll start then. It's just a little unusual. Usually uh, priests tell me a little something first. Professional courtesy thing, um, but it's it's no big uh, deal. uh, Well, no, um, I I can think of something. Um, I I, I, uh, was unappreciative of an act of uh, generosity. Ah, yes. I've I've been there before. Um, Good. Well, thank you. That makes me feel more comfortable then i myself uh pretend to be a priest when i'm really not mm. yeah i i uh i dress up as a priest and tell everyone i'm a priest and uh i'm not actually a, a priest so, so you're not actually a priest at all no not at all but okay, i so, i but, do regularly pretend to be one but, but you offered you offered confession you offered to take my confession yeah and, all right. well i mean well, if you're gonna be tend to be a priest you're gonna have to do things that priests do am i wrong about that Okay, this is sort of a chicken and the egg thing. Uh, first off, it's uh, considered a very serious sin to imitate a man of the cloth. R- thus, confession. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Um, yeah, that's why I'm here. And uh, the uh, it, I, if you're imitating a priest, then you would have to, by definition, be imitating things priests do. But that's kind of the point. You shouldn't be doing that in the first place. Well, I understand, and I feel bad about the things that I have done good, good. as a priest. Um, it's generated a lot of income for me, but um, and it's you know helped me out a lot. When generated income, have you been have you been collecting tithes? And uh, no, I've I've been getting money. Right. So you've been you've been collecting donations. Yes, I've been accepting donations on behalf of God. But you've been using that for your own for your own lifestyle. Well, sure. Who are you collecting these donations from? Like, do you do you actually have a, a following? Do you actually have parishioners? Not really. What I like to do is I like to go out to bars at night, and I like to find you know younger people, usually women, that uh, live a life of sin, and I try and cleanse them from that. And uh, afterwards, they, they they give me some donations. You're going around and you're picking up strange women in bars, and then for a fee, you're absolving them of your sins, even though you're not anointed to do so. I don't know. Do you call it a fee when people donate money to your church? I don't, no, I don't that's, call that's it a fee. That's a donation. Right. 
So the yeah, they donate money. You can always uh, you can always be kind to people, and you can always get people reassurance. You just shouldn't do it as a in the guise of a priest, especially if you're not ordained. I feel like when I do do that, though, people take me a little more seriously when I'm dressed as cloth. I mean, the end goal is the same, and they reach it. I just feel it's more effective for me when you know I'm dressed in the cloth, as you say. I mean, it started innocently enough, me dressing as a priest. Um, I went to my high school reunion, and I just broke up with my girlfriend, and I didn't have anyone to bring. Uh, so I figured that I would go as a priest, and then that way I wouldn't have to answer all these questions from people regarding, hey, you know, where's your significant other? What do you do for a living? That kind of thing, you know? So to avoid awkward questions, you started dressing as a priest. That's correct, yeah. So you could have dressed as anything. You could have put on a lab coat and said that you were a scientist and too busy to date someone. You could have dressed as a as a as one of the New York Yankees, and people would think you were a baseball player. But why a priest of all things? Well, priests, for one, I found they get they get laid. <laughs> no, 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 no. Priests do not get laid by definition. That part of our job is not getting laid. That's an, a very important part of the job. Important part of your job. But as an imposter priest, they get laid all the time. You've been parlaying this not only into financial gain, but also into sexual exploits. What I like to do is when I'm at the bars, I, I give the ladies one last night of sin. And I'm willing to help them fulfill their sinfulness as much as possible. Before you absolve them of the sins you just committed with them. The next day at, at the pool, at the college, I have her and whatever friends of hers come down and they, they, I give them all white undershirts and we go in the pool and I baptize them. So you're not just, you're not just doing false confessions, you're also you're performing the other sacraments? You're performing baptisms? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like at my high school reunion, um, uh, a lady brought a baby to it, and, and I baptized her there. I, I mean, I had to use whiskey as, as holy water, but it was effective. Well, uh, two things. Uh, first of all, uh, since you're not ordained as a priest, that means that these baptisms don't actually count. If, if they have access to an actual priest, that means that these baptisms don't count. If, if, if there had been no priest available, if there was not a single priest in the area... These baptisms could have been performed, but with the church nearby, that means they're not valid. And secondly, there's no reason to have these uh, college girls wearing the white shirts because in a Catholic baptism, we don't do the full dunking in water. I find it's uh, easier for me to do the baptism mm -hmm. when they're in the white undershirts in the pool, just just as a, as a performer. I'm just saying that's do your research. Well, I have done my research, and I've talked to priests about it, and they really said that, you know, baptism is really a state of mind, and it's how the person feels inside that legitimizes it. You know, and, and that is an important part of it is uh, the meaning of it to the, to the individual. I'm just saying they, wouldn't, they might be attending a church right now. They might be, who knows, uh, preparing to, uh, to get their, uh, their confirmation, not knowing that they were never baptized in the first place. Yeah, but, I mean, if, if you didn't have holy water, when you were baptizing someone, you'd have to improvise a little bit and, and mm -hmm. use what you have. That's, that's like, um, there was one time I was at a bar, and a lady, she wanted to be baptized right there, her and her friend. Mm -hmm. um, so we got into the mud wrestling ring, and, and I baptized them using the mud from, from the mud wrestling. The only thing they had on hand was, was mud from the mud you, wrestling. That was the most immediate thing they had on hand. Yeah. No, no water pitchers, no, no soda. You know, I didn't ask. Hmm. 
I imagine the mud had some water in it. I, I doubt it was holy. You know, one of my biggest concerns here is that it, it, it seems like you're just sort of uh, making up the sacraments as you go along. No, I mean, I'm calling them baptism. Right. And, and I'm calling it, you know, marriage. And, and you know, so, and when I give out communion, I call it communion. Did you say uh, you're calling it marriage? Yeah, I call it marriage. And I call it communion. I'm not making these things up. Are you, have you been ordained even online? Universal Life Church? No, I'm 100% impersonating. All right. You, you have to have been ordained, or, or ha- you're not a, a county judge, are you? Oh, God, no. A ship's no. captain? No. I'm just someone that makes other people feel better. And, you know, I've had a lot of positive feedback on this. You know, when, when, when I give out communion, people love it. They love it. Again, you haven't been anointed as a priest. You can't perform the rite of uh, transubstantiation. But it's not exactly that, because I don't use communion wafers. Mm-hmm. I use these wafers that have cocaine in them, and as soon as the as soon as they eat them, they they are full of life. They are full of God because you're feeding them cocaine and not flour. But whatever the point is, that they're in that place and they're connecting with God. I, I think the point is that you're you're feeding people illegal uh, drugs instead of just uh, crackers that have been transformed into the body of Christ. You can't transform a wafer of cocaine into the body of Christ. It's no, nowhere during the Last Supper did Jesus offer his his uh, his disciples cocaine. Well, I don't know if that's one hundred percent proven. Is uh, it? Do you know that for a fact? Well, I mean. There's nothing in there about cocaine. There's well, right, but I mean, if you're writing about Jesus, would you leave out the stuff with the cocaine? I certainly would. Well, then we're talking about fan fiction if we're just going to start making things up. Okay, well, I, I mean, I guess you can say I'm living a sort of fan fiction for Jesus. You're not, you're not making up new stories about Jesus, are you? I've, I've got a couple of verses that I'm going to submit to publishing companies to add to Bibles. That's my next goal for, for generating profit. You're going to publish for-profit Jesus fan fiction. Yeah, just a little, you know, add-on to the back of the Bible, um, updated verses and chapters and, and books and what have you. Uh, I probably shouldn't tell you this, but the Bible is uh, no one has a copyright on on the Bible, so you're free to publish your own editions if you want to. Uh, I, no one can stop you from doing that. No, but I think it would be a little more legitimate if I latched on to already published copies. You know, I don't know if the publishers would be open to that. Oh. Well, I mean, I'll give it a shot. That's just one of the things brewing. I've got a whole lot of ideas in which I could, you know, generate more money off of it because, you know, college girls really don't have a lot of money. See, I think maybe that's uh, part of the, the focus here is that you're really latching onto this as a, as a money-making measure and uh, disguising yourself as a priest, performing uh, false sacraments. Uh, that all just, it just sounds like fraud to me. Well, I, I, I mean, I can see where you can see that, but mm-hmm. the truth is that at the end of the day, they're giving money to me much like they're giving money to the church, and they leave feeling better. And it really, isn't that the goal? Well, I mean, that's, I mean, that's a big part of... Right. So, I mean, in a sense, I am doing God's work. I'm taking money just like a church is taking money. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I, I feel okay with it. It's just occurred to me, I, are, you, are you a member of the Catholic Church? Not anymore, no. I mean, officially. I am when I'm a priest, obviously. Well, no, that's not officially being a member. That's still, that's still fraud. But uh, So you're no, you say you're no longer a member of the church? No, I don't believe in God. Okay, so you're, you're, an, you're an atheist? Uh, yeah. Okay. 
so you realize I, I can't grant you absolution, technically. Oh. And also, you shouldn't need it if you're a, an atheist. I don't really need it. Uh, I'm just doing a little research, to be oh, honest I'm with sorry. you. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing a little research. So this was, this was just a, a research? Yeah, confession. just to pick your brain a little bit. Because I find it difficult to to walk up to priests outside of the confessional and and ask them, you know, or talk about what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I, I can see why. You know, I still enjoy the work that priests do. The other day, I just performed a, an exorcism on a, some kid named Thomas or Tomas. Oh wait, hold on. You performed an exorcism on Tomas? Yeah. Are you kidding me? No. Do you know him? Yeah. 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 I I know Tomas. And he he came to you. Well, I kind of heard about him, and I came to him. I got a big and, chunk of change for that. And he, and he, but he, he was, he was cool with that. He was cool with letting you do an exorcism. Absolutely. Hmm. Yeah, he loved it. I think the hmm. the communion wafers really helped. And he he just, he just took the communion wafers. He just uh, went through the whole exorcism process. He, did he ever mention if he'd ever had another exorcism? Um, he said he's tried it before and it was it temporarily worked or something and mm. uh, priest wasn't great with it. I don't know, but he he really enjoyed mine. Huh. Okay. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. You okay? That's cool. Yeah. No, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. Whatever. You know. Uh, good. Good work. You know. Good work. Yeah. I mean, he's been he's been feeling great ever since. Yeah. You know what? If he ever needs another exorcism, I, I hope you can I hope you can give that to him. I hope I hope you I don't think he will. I don't I think he finally found the guy that can totally get rid of the exorcism for him, and that was me. All right, well great. You know, uh, you know, I'm happy for you and I'm happy for Tomas. Uh good for everybody. Good for everybody. Huh. Oh, okay. So, Sounds uh, like there's a little resentment there, hmm? some father. Yeah, I hmm? mean, are you really happy for, for everyone? Oh yeah, of, co- of course. You know, as, as long as everyone gets what they what they need, as long as everyone finds their own peace, then uh, who am I to judge? Am I right? You are right, and you're proving my point. Who are you to judge me doing the work of a priest if it is truly effective, Father? I don't want to feel like your job's threatened by by me. Is is that what's going on here? No, no. I'm I'm very secure in in my job. I'm very confident in my job. Okay. Yeah. Um. And uh, let me just say, I I appreciate. You know, in hindsight, that you're taking the effort to become a better fake priest. Yeah, I, I am. Um, you know, the reason I, I knew to come to confession to you is because a lot of the people that come to confession to me used to go to you. And, and they say that I'm just a lot more understanding and a lot more forgiving. Um, that's how I heard about you in the first place. Okay, I am, first off, very forgiving. And I try to be as understanding as I can possibly be. Sorry, I sound I sound really defensive. That's that sounded. That's no, funny. you sound exactly like I would expect you to sound based on what they've been telling me. Okay, that's that, that kind of that kind of hurts a little bit. It uh oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean uh, to hurt your feelings. No, no that's it's, it's all right. It's uh, you're just you know you're just uh, you're just spitting truth here, and I I appreciate that. Are you okay? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, again, I I can't really offer you absolution. Um. It's not since you're not a member of the church, but uh, maybe find a, a new way to approach, uh, you know, money making. But um, uh, thank you for at least making the effort to uh, to do a good job, even if you're not a real priest. Um, no, and, and that's that's what it really boils down to. Um, 
And thank you for considering giving me a donation for letting me hear your sins from uh, earlier not today. Been going to give you a donation. Oh, oh, you're one of you're one of those types, huh? Well, I come to the church and you worship, and as soon as that uh, collection plate comes around, you're you're out the door. You're not okay. A real no, priest. I I see. What? You're not a, a real priest, so I, I accept real donations though, and I do the work that real priests do, um, and and but that's fine. I, I mean, you're not the first to, to skimp out. Um, I, I'll, I'll give you five bucks. I'll take it. That concludes another episode of the Our Father podcast. Thanks, as always, to our priest, Father Connolly, for providing the audio. Rumor has it that he regularly attends a show called World News Tonight at the I.O. Theater in Chicago on Saturday nights at 8 and 10.30 p.m. Our confessor for this podcast is a man by the name of Patrick Pope. He can be seen on Thursday nights at 8 p.m. at the Bughouse Theater. If you have any questions or comments about the show, you can email ourfatherpodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at ourfatherpod. Normally, Father Connolly provides a sneak peek on our next episode, But this week, he's given us some extra audio from this confession that we're going to play at the end of this episode. Thanks for listening, happy holidays, and God bless. And if you're not ordained, you can't just go around performing marriages. Who have you been marrying? Well, like I was out west uh, about a month ago, and I married a man, and he had a, a Lego space needle that he worked so hard on for, for months, and he wanted to marry it. And I, and I took a look at it, and it was pretty impressive. So, so I married him to his Lego space needle. That's, so you married someone to an inanimate object? Right. Well, it had blinking lights. Okay, well, I mean, that's technically animated, but uh, you realize that a space needle can't consent to a marriage. A Lego space needle can't consent. A, a, a person can consent to to a marriage, but well, a, a I asked I asked the space needle. I said, "If you do not want to get married, say something right now." And and nothing happened. Okay, let's say that's a consent by omission, which is technically consent. No, no, no by yeah, omission, right? No, it's a. I mean, legally and but by the church, you have to vocally or actively say that you want to marry someone. I see. So also, I don't think that Lego or Space Needle marriages are recognized by any of the 50 states. In your personal opinion, do you think yaks make a yes type noise? Yaks? Yeah. Do you think like like when they make sound, it sounds like a yes to you, doesn't it? I mean, it, it kind of sounds like a yes, right? Well, I've never heard the noise. Because when I asked a yak... They made a noise that sounded just like a yes. Um, where did you meet this yak? Well, I was I was traveling through South Dakota, and um, I met a man who who oh, no. lived with a yak, and you know I, I feel like they've been living in sin for about eight years, and I wanted to to absolve them of their living in sin. I don't. First off, I'm not going to ask about the level of sin that they were living in. I uh, did. Oh man. No, I don't. I'm. Please don't uh, expound on that. Okay. Um, but also, uh, again, that's. Uh, it, it's in the Bible. One of the things that is strictly forbidden 
in multiple stories is uh, wedding an animal. It's called a bestiality. Mm, it's yeah. expressly forbidden. Right. Well, I, I mean, imposter priests don't really go by the Bible, like the word of the Bible. Hmm. Well, uh, again, that uh, sort of seems like a strange thing. You're, you're, you're very much into performing these marriages, but at the same time, you don't follow the word of the Bible itself. Well, it's not just people marrying animals. I've mm. married animals to animals also. I mean, it's, I've, I'm very open with my... You, you've, you've married animals to other animals. Absolutely. That sounds adorable, but I don't think it has any legal standing. Well, I'm pretty sure it does. Listen, all I know is that when I walk by and I see two animals going at it, and they're not married... I mean, as a as a man who's pretending to represent God, that offends me. Well, that's that's just how nature works. Well, right, but you know, I mean, you could say the same thing about people, but you know, let's let's unionize these two creatures. Uh, now, what sort of vows can can two squirrels make to each other? Oh no, they weren't squirrels; they were beasts. They're really ugly human beings. That's what I meant when I said beasts and and, and creatures. Oh, oh that, that's. That sounds horribly offensive. It was. I mean, to look at. Well, so as long as, I mean, as long as it's people, I mean, people can say I do, and then the other half of the party can say I do, and then they're married. If it's a real priest or county judge or ship's captain performing the ceremony. But that's not exactly true, because one of those creatures had half their face missing. It was blown off in a firework accident. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh Still, uh, first off, I'm still very uncomfortable with you calling someone who had their face blown off in a fireworks accident a beast. Beast or creature. Creature. We're, we're all beasts of the Lord, really, right? Yeah. Uh, technically, yes. But uh, uh, secondly, they can still, they could write that down. They could, but, you know. If they have a whiteboard or... I'm a busy guy, and usually I got to get out of town pretty quickly. Wait a minute. So, first off, did did they know that you were performing a wedding for them? Yeah, I think so. I mean, that's that's what it said on the invoice. So you invoiced, you performed a marriage ceremony and invoiced the couple without ever asking them if they wanted to get married in the first place. You know, they weren't the brightest couple in the world. Sometimes you can take a look at a couple of people and say, these people need to get married, even if they don't know it themselves. So you're performing not just the couples not, not consenting to marrying each other, but not to getting married at all. Yeah. You've been performing uh, uh, hit-and-run marriages. Oh, jeez. That's kind of a weird way of putting it, but yeah. I mean, the people in the marriages look like they've been involved in a hit-and-run, but I, I wouldn't call what I do hit-and-run marriages. That's, I just, I get, that's just so rude to say that about people. Well, I'm, you said it first. You brought up hit-and-run. Uh, well, I'm, I, I did, but my point is we shouldn't judge a book by its cover, and also we shouldn't marry people secretly without their own knowledge. All right, cool. Yeah. <laughs>